you have a Bible, a Bible app on your phone, join me in the book of Proverbs. I do want to recommend that book, Parenting with Proverbs. Um, it's very practical. Um, there's little like 14 different devotionals, devotions you can do with your kids. Um, and it's real practical on the front end of it. It talks about just how to use Proverbs with your children um, and different ways to use the Proverbs to, when you're correcting your children or teaching your children. So it's really good. As Kyle said, that's, that's our gift to you. It's, it's a way that we can help equip you as you make disciples um, of Jesus with your children. So Proverbs chapter 1, and we'll get there and we'll look at that in a moment. Um, but today, as Kyle said, we begin a brand new series looking at um, God's wisdom um, for everyday missional parenting. Uh, Paul Carter, who writes for the Gospel Coalition, he, he said this about parenting. He said, parenting is sacred. It's smelly. It's exciting. It's crushing. It's frustrating. It's expensive. It's the most important thing that people ever do. And to be completely honest with you, it scares the life out of me. Right? Some, some of you, moms and dads, you're in the smelly stage. Right? You're just, I mean, it's just smelly all the time. Right? Um, it just is. Maybe kids are little. Maybe they're not so little and it's still smelly. Um, it's crushing. Maybe you're in the crushing stage. Maybe for some moms and dads, uh, your kids are all growing up and they've left the home. And your biggest prayer and desire was for them to follow Jesus and they're not. And so maybe days like today are hard, and you just feel crushed. Your heart's crushed because of that. Maybe you're in the expensive stage. You've got kids in college or whatever it might be and all these different things. But he says it's the most important thing that people ever do, and it scares the life out of me, he says. And I'll tell you this. When Andrea told me she was pregnant with, with Grant, we're super, super excited, and we'd been um, trying to have kids for a while, and there was a point where we weren't pretty much, they were pretty much told us that we weren't going to be able to have kids, um, and so that was a crushing blow for us to hear that, um, and so we were praying and praying, and obviously, they were wrong. Um, we have four wonderful kids, thankful for them, and but each time, really, that Andrea told me, and I'm confessing this to you, um, that she was pregnant, my response was not excitement. It was not joy. It was not yes. It was like, what are we doing? I mean, how are we going to do that? Like, it was fear. It was, and I asked her, and, and we were talking to her about it this week, and she's like, you, you kind of got mean. Like, just, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, Man, really? She's like, yeah. Like, like, wow, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't. And because for me, I don't like surprises, right? For those of you that know me well, I like to plan my plan. And you can't plan for parenting. You just, there is no, I mean, you just can't plan. It's a bunch of unknowns. And so to hear, I'm not, you know, every time, you would think by the fourth one, I would have been like, yeah. No, fourth one was like, I mean, it was just like, what? I don't even know how to parent three, let alone four. I mean, and so all this fear and anxiety and worry, I mean, just overcame me. I mean, it was, it was hard. Parenting is hard. And for those of you that you want to be a parent someday and you just are waiting to be ready, you're never ready. You're fooling yourself. 
Okay, so just stop. If you just think you're going to be ready, you won't. You, you never are ready. So just stop thinking that. And, you know, it, it's just reality. It's, parenting is, is hard. It's, it is very difficult and one of the most important things we ever do. But it, does, it is scary. And so as we, as we start this new series, you know, where do we go when it comes to learning how to be a parent? Where do we, where do we go when we want to learn, what do I need to teach my children what is it that God wants me to teach my kids? And, and obviously, as followers of Jesus, we go to God's Word, but there's a specific book in God's Word that I think is important for us as parents, and it, it, it's Proverbs. because It's important for parents because Proverbs is God's wisdom for everyday living. But there's a couple other reasons, too, why I think Proverbs is, is a great place for parents um, and, and the first reason is because the first 30 chapters of Proverbs is a dad giving wisdom to his son. So if you're in Proverbs, let's take a look at it. Chapter 1, and we can see this. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Go down to verse 8. So these are the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, a king. And he says in verse 8, Hear my son... Your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are graceful. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Go to chapter two, verse one. He keeps writing, and he says, "My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you." making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Over in chapter three, verse eleven. He says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. And then in chapter 4, verse 10, this dad continues giving wisdom to his boy. And he says, hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. And he keeps going. Chapter 6, verse Verse 20, he says, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. And then if you keep going, Proverbs chapter 20, 23, verse 26. 23, 26, he says, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. So here you have the verse, first 30 chapters of Proverbs are, is this dad talking to his son and he's giving wisdom and instruction to, to his boy. And so I think it's appropriate that we go to Proverbs because it's like this is God's word and God has given us this, this instruction from a dad to his son as far as what does life look like? Here's the things that, that you need to know. But then in chapter 31... Of Proverbs, you have a mom giving words of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 1 and 2, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. And then there's quotes. This, so this is what Lemuel's mom said to him, what she taught. And verse 2, I love this. What are you doing, son? What on earth are you doing, son of my womb? Right? I love that. I mean, because I, I raw, it's real. We've all been, if you're a parent, you've said that. Right? What are you, what, what are you, t- serious? My parents said that to me a ton. Mark, what are you doing? What are you doing? So here you have this, this words of wisdom from a dad to a son, mom to a son. And so we go to Proverbs because it's filled with God's wisdom. 
Luke Gilkerson, who is the author of this book, Parenting with Proverbs, he says this. He says, in his wisdom, God did not leave parents without a lifeline. He inspired a whole book in the Bible written from a parent's perspective, written to help correct children in the moment-by-moment conversations of the day, and it is the book of Proverbs. And then Paul Carter, who I quoted at the beginning, he says this, the book of Proverbs is presented as the counsel and wisdom of a royal couple to their son. It is an entire God-breathed and divinely authorized manual on how to raise little kings and queens. Now, when our boys turned 13, one of the things that um, I did with each of them was I had different men in their lives um, write them a letter, just a letter on what it, what it means to be a godly man, a man who follows Jesus. And so when they were 13, um, I took each of them away to a different spot that I thought they might enjoy. When, Luke was, or when Grant was 13, we went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And hung out, spent night in a hotel, and just hung out, and, and, and I had those letters for him, and I put all this stuff in a binder. And then when Luke was 13, I took him to uh, Indianapolis Colts football game, and so we stayed in a hotel and had all the letters that the guys had written him, and, and I put them in, in this, this is Luke's, put all those letters in a binder, and, in, and for each boy, I wrote a specific letter as well, and that's in here. And I wanted to do that because I wanted them to understand, I wanted that time with them to be able to kind of help them understand what, what's it look like to be a man who follows Jesus? What's that look like? And so in, in here is, is, this is Luke's binder, and in here is my letter to Luke, and Grant has one as well. It's this instruction on, and this wisdom on what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so in, in some ways... The book of Proverbs is similar. It's like God, our Heavenly Father. It's like a letter that he's written for parents. He's, he's given, us, given this letter to parents on what to instruct our kids. And so I think Proverbs is a very important place for us to go if, if you're mom and dad. But you say, well, what if I'm not a parent? Right? What if I don't have kids? What, what good is this little series that we're going to do? How does this help me? Right? When I answer that question, go with me to, the, to Paul's letter of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Because as Kyle said at the beginning, the application is much broader than just for parents. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul is writing, and he says this. Chapter 4, verse 14, he says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. As my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. So Paul is calling those that he's discipling my children and refers to himself as their father. Now these are not, Paul's not talking about his biological kids. He's talking about people in his life that he is helping learn what it looks like to follow Jesus. And he uses this, this family, this parenting language of children and fathers. And so if there is anyone in your life, if you're not a parent, 
right? If there's anyone in your life that's looking at you to learn how to follow Jesus, you're a parent. All right? If there's anyone, maybe it's a niece, a nephew, or maybe your friends have children, and they're looking at you and saying, you know, you spend time with them, and you're parenting. You have a responsibility, a biblical responsibility, as you come alongside and help model and show and teach what it looks like to be someone who follows Jesus. So what we're going to be learning over the next several weeks and a couple months is our principles from Proverbs that will help you even, help, help all of us learn what it looks like to equip and to make disciples, whether you have children or not. And, and this morning, what I want to do is just kind of lay a little foundation for us as we jump in. And, and I, just, I, I want to give us three lenses that I hope will help bring clarity to parenting. If you wear glasses and you are outside in the cold and immediately walk into a warm room, what happens? They fog up, right? Or if you have little ones and you leave your glasses around and you go to put them on and you have sometimes little fingerprints all over the lenses, right? And you look through them and you're like, what in the world? And that's where you go, son, what are you doing, right? I mean, it's just all. And so sometimes, though, I think as parents, it's, it's easy for us to just kind of get lost in the everyday stuff of life, and parenting just gets foggy. And, and it's easy for us to just get distracted from really what are we doing? What is God's heart for us as parents? And so I kind of want to clean off the lenses a little bit, and I want to give us a, a few lenses that God has given us to help bring clarity to parenting. And the first lens is, is the discipleship lens. The discipleship lens. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20, he said, looking at his disciples, he said, go and make disciples of all nations. And so I want to challenge, I want to encourage, encourage us to, to not see parenting as trying to get our parents to do a bunch of do's and don'ts. But to see parenting through the lens of you have an opportunity to make disciples of Jesus. Parenting is discipling. It's, it's discipling your kids to know and follow Jesus. And, and we see this even in the Old Testament. If you go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verses 4 through 9. We say, well, what's this look like? Jesus has said, go make disciples. And parenting is a wonderful opportunity for you to do that, to make disciples of Jesus. So so we need to see it less through a lens of trying to get our kids to to do all these rules and do's and don'ts. Not that we don't emphasize those things, but it's much bigger than that. It's about discipling our children. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." And, and it'd be easy for us to, to look at this, right, and just focus on, and the words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them. So it's easy to just get lost in the, the words that I command. But we need to go to the verse prior to that, right, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. 
The purpose for the do's and don'ts is to help shape the heart to love God. To love the Lord with all their heart. And when do you do this, mom and dad? Right? When you're sitting around. When you're sitting around watching TV and something comes on the TV and it's not appropriate. And you just let it go? Or we flip the channel and turn the channel. I mean, what, what are we doing as far as discipling our children to love God with all their hearts? Just when you're sitting in the house over dinner, or whatever, when you're walking by the ways, you're walking to baseball practice or soccer practice or dance class or whatever it might be, you're, as you're walking on your way, when you're outside walking the dog together, whatever it might be. And when you lie down as you put your kids to bed, all those, and when you rise, the whole point is this is a journey. Parenting is a journey. It's not a class. All right, it, it, it's a journey, and, and it's discipling our children, and it's constant. And he says, this is to you, parents. All right, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them. Listen, mom and dad, it is not the responsibility of living kids, the Christian school, youth group, to raise your kids. God has specifically placed your kids with you because he has tasked you and given you the privilege to raise your children to love God with all their heart. Don't pass that on to someone else. That's your responsibility. It's for your joy and pain, but it's for your joy, right? It is, and God's given you that responsibility. And as I was thinking about it, I remember Andrea was in education and has her education degree. And one of the things, for those of you that have been in education, you have to do student teaching. And so you do like a whole semester of student teaching. And, and what you do is the, as the student, you go and observe a classroom, and then you observe the teacher. And maybe as the semester goes on, they give you a little bit more responsibility. And so you're doing some different things. And by the end of the semester, as the student who's in college, you're teaching the entire class. Right? That, that's what student teaching is. And, and I, in a lot of ways, I see parenting like that. And you as the parent are the teacher. And your kids are the student. And they're observing you. They're listening to you. You're giving them things to do and responsibilities. And what your role is, is to help show them what does it look like to love God with all your heart. That's what they're learning. That's what they should be learning. But by looking at you, mom and dad, what are they learning? Are they learning what's more important than God? Are they learning from you, really, this is what it looks like to love God with all our hearts? And, and even when we fail as parents and we say, that's what makes the gospel so good. That's what makes Jesus so great because I'm so sorry. And I've had to apologize to my, to my kids countless times. But it shows our need for Jesus. And so I just want us to understand that parenting is discipling. As we go on our way with our kids, we're having conversations in the car or whatever it might be and seizing and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit to those teachable moments to teach our children the truths of God. And so I want to encourage us to see parenting through this lens of discipling our kids, training our children, our teens, to know and follow Jesus. And I hope that this series will help give us some tools to do that. The second lens is the mission lens. Go with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Jesus is speaking here. Well, let's pick it up in verse 14. Matthew, chapter 5, verse 14 
Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So he's saying, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? So that they might see your good work for the purpose that they would give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And I think we could put parenting under that umbrella or category of a good work that God has given to us. And so parenting is an opportunity to put Christ Jesus on display, to put his love on display to, to your children, but also to those who are watching you parent your children. It's an opportunity for mission. It's an opportunity to make disciples. It's an opportunity for mission. As you parent your children and talk to them about Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us, and, and, and for some of us, you've experienced that moment when your child comes and says, you know what, I, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Man, that, that should, that should, that's amazing. That, that's an incredible moment as a mom and dad when you get to experience that. But there's also going to be times when you're with other people and they're watching your parenting. They're watching your failures and they're watching how you respond when you fail and what you do when you fail. And they're watching your children. And I've shared this before, but I think it's appropriate here I've told you that our next-door neighbors are Muslim, and they've observed us. We've, they've been our neighbors for four or five years or whatever, and, and a year or so ago, I, I've shared this story before, but they invited us into their home for, for a meal, our whole family. They wanted all of us to come over, and so we had, sat down and had a meal, and it was all about our parenting, really. How do you get your kids to follow your faith? That was the bottom-line question. How do you do that? And they were asking our kids these questions. Well, we had no clue that they were watching us as a family. I mean, we, we kind of knew, but, you know, really not to the point that, hey, we want to have you over for dinner and maybe learn a little bit or, or hear a, a, what you're doing. And so right there in their own home, we had this opportunity to really share the gospel with them. How? Through our parenting. Your parenting is going to be an incredible opportunity to put the love of Christ on display, not only to your kids, but to those who are watching your parenting. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, one of the qualifications of, a, of an elder or a pastor is that he be able to manage his own home well, spiritually. Because they say, if the guy can't manage his own family, then how in the world is he going to oversee God's people? And the point is, the mission begins in the home. Your mission, your opportunity to put Christ on display begins in your own home. And the third lens is the gospel lens. The gospel lens. Looking at parenting through the lens of Christ and his love for us. The gospel lens. So, so we need to see parenting as making disciples who follow Jesus. See parenting through the opportunity to, to live the mission of Jesus, putting Christ and his love on display to our kids and to those watching our parenting. And then the third is, is this gospel lens. Now, now here's where I want to go with this. I, there's a danger with using Proverbs for parenting. So why are we using Proverbs? Let, let me just explain the danger first, okay? The danger is that we can fall into the moralism trap. We can fall into the moralism trap. 
And by that I mean we can read all the different do's and don'ts in Proverbs and falsely believe that the ultimate goal of parenting is to raise good moral children. That is not the goal. Your goal as a mom and dad is to not raise good, moral, law-abiding, obedient children. That's not the goal. That's a good thing. Right? That's what we want. We hope for that. Right? But that is not the goal. What's the goal? Moses said, he told us the goal in Deuteronomy 6. Jesus repeated it in Matthew 22. That we would love God with all our hearts and all our soul and all our mind. Right? So, so having good, obedient children, that's a great thing and we want that, but that is not the goal. In fact, if that is the goal, you and your kids are going to be incredibly frustrated. Because I can fall into that trap real easily. I'm a list kind of guy, do's and don'ts, rule follower. It's easy for me to parent that way. But i got to remind myself that that's not the end goal. All right? This is why you need Jesus, why you have to parent through the lens of the gospel it's critical that you see the gospel through your or see parenting through the gospel and through the lens of Jesus' love for you. Why? Because the gospel will lead you to teach your children why they disobey, why they don't have self-control, why they hit their sister, why they yell at you. Right? The gospel helps you teach your children why they do those things. Because they're sinners just like you. They're sinners. Right? And the gospel reminds us to tell our kids that they do those things because they're not good. Because they're bad. Because they're sinners. And they need Jesus. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The problem is not your child's unruly behavior. The problem is their heart. And the same for you. And the same for me. How do we know this? Go to the gospel of Mark, chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, verse 20 through 23. Jesus is speaking, and he says in verse 20 of Mark 7, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, not sharing their toys, wanting that somebody else has. Wickedness, deceit, lying, sensuality, envy, slander, words, pride, selfishness, foolishness, all these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. See, the gospel reminds you that the root problem in our kids is the same root problem in me and in you as a mom and dad, and the root problem is our heart. That's the problem. And we have to remind ourselves of this as a parent. Paul Tripp says this. He says, you are parenting a worshiper. So it's important to remember that what rules your child's heart will control his behavior. What rules your child's heart will control his behavior. So if we, if we take this and apply this, then if you want the behavior to change, then what needs to change? The heart. If we want the behavior to change, the heart has to change. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Well, if the root problem is the heart, then what I need is a new heart. I, 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 that's, what, that's what I need. That's what my kids need. 
And really it begins, parenting begins with the change of your heart, mom and dad, and my heart. Chap Bettis, who wrote this book, The Disciple-Making Parent, who I've just started reading this, excellent book. I'm just going to get several copies this week, and we'll have these out next week too. So good. Um, He says this. He says, the first battleground of family discipleship is not my child's heart. It is my heart. That's so true. Someone who's been parenting now for almost 20 years, I mean, it's so true. Each parent must decide whether he is more concerned that his child is accepted into heaven or Harvard. That'll sting. Should sting. Children are God's means to transform us. Their sin reveals our sin. So true. It's absolutely true. I mean, parenting has revealed so much of the wickedness in my own heart my own selfishness. And their questions, our kids' questions, reveal our ignorance, and all of these are God's prompts for us to grow. God has given us our children to conform us into the image more, into the image of Jesus, which is the goal, right? And the goal is, as Jesus said, and as we saw Moses tell God's people, the goal is that our kids will love God with all their hearts. But you say, you and I can't change the heart. You're right. But we know the one who can. This is why we need the gospel. This is why you have to have the gospel in parenting. I was Andrew and I were talking about this morning. She said, Mark, I don't know how people do this without Jesus. I just don't. And I'm like, I know. I don't either. This is why we have to help our kids understand when they help our own hearts, right? Why I need the gospel every day. But why we need to communicate the love of Christ to our children. Because the root problem is the heart. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 through 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 through 17. And here's the hope of the gospel, right? In our parenting, for my heart and for the hearts of, your, of our kids. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Paul writes, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves. Isn't that what you want? You don't want your children to live for themselves. Right? We don't want, right, from the time they're little all the way, we just don't want, stop the selfishness. We don't want you living for yourself, but we want you to live for him who for their sake died and was raised. And from now on, verse 16, therefore we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Verse 17, therefore, here it is, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. So when our kids surrender their hearts to Jesus, and the Spirit of God comes in, the Spirit of God begins Right? It gives them a new heart, which replaces the old behavior with new behavior. Is it perfect behavior? No. But you see a trend. And, and the desires start to change. And shift more toward loving Christ. Because Christ first loved them. Let me just say this again. Our aim, your aim as a parent, is not to make moral kids. You can make moral kids that still go to hell. We can. And that's the danger when 
morality instead of Jesus is our ultimate aim in parenting. We can tell our kids to be good, but if we never help them see why they're bad, then they never see their need for Jesus who loves them so much that he went to the cross to rescue them. And so we've got to see parenting through this lens of making disciples, through this lens of, of proclaiming the love of Christ to them, the mission, and through the lens of the gospel. Parenting is hard, but it's not hopeless. It's hard, but it's not hopeless. And Proverbs helps parents disciple our kids, not to a moral standard, but to Jesus. Listen, parenting is so much bigger than just producing a good kid. It's so much better than that. It's about helping our kids understand how much God loves them. So much so that he sent his son, Jesus, his son, to come to earth, live the perfect life, die on the cross, and shed his blood so that he too could rescue them from their sin, receive his goodness, receive his spirit, and then through the spirit, love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so the challenge, I'm going to ask the band to come, the challenge this week Really, is to just surrender, mom and dad. Surrender. Andrew and I were talking a little bit about what's our, some of our biggest fears in parenting. What's some of our biggest fears? And I think some of, for, for us as moms and dads, for us, it, it's that our kids will not follow Jesus. That's a big fear, that they would choose something else more important than following Jesus. And for some of us, I think... Mom, dad, not mom and dad, if you give nieces, nephews, whatever, or maybe you haven't really even thought about the fact that you're a parent if you don't have kids because you have people looking at you as far as how to follow Jesus. And so this morning, as they, as they sing this song, I just was thinking about it this week. The word that kept coming to my mind and my heart was, I just need to surrender. I need to surrender my fear for my kids. I need to surrender that over to the Lord. I need to surrender my own heart. I need to surrender my kids. I need to surrender my dream for my kids. Your, God's dream for your kid, may, for your child, may not be to go to college and get a degree. God's dream for your child might be to go to Africa and tell people in villages over there about Jesus. That might be, I don't know. But I just really sense that we need to surrender our hearts to the Lord. And so as, as they sing, I, I just sense the Spirit of God just, you know what? We need to just pause. And we just need to surrender. And, and let me say this, mom and dad. Another reason why we need to see parenting through the lens of the gospel is because it frees you from finding your identity and if your kids turn out. It does. Your value, your worth. As a mom or dad is not wrapped up and if your kids follow Jesus as much as we want that. Your value and worth is already purchased for you at the cross. Because the scripture tells us God demonstrated his own love for us. That while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. God displayed his love for you already at the cross. And so even though we're going for that aim, we want our kids to love Jesus, love God with all their hearts. Our value, your worth is not wrapped up in that but in the fact that the Father sent the Son to come and show his love for you on the cross. And so here's what I want us to do. I, I want to give you space to pray this morning and just to surrender. If you need to surrender something over to the Lord, maybe you're, 
you're here, maybe you're a child, a teen, and you're a young professional, you're going, man, I just never thought about parenting like this before. Maybe you just need to ask God to help. Maybe you want to come and you want to pray for your kids. Maybe you want to pray for a friend and their children this morning. I don't know, but what's the Spirit of God saying to you this morning? Because although parenting is hard, it is not hopeless because we have a God who loves us and has given us His Spirit to empower us to do the good work of parenting. God, we love you. You are the perfect parent, Father. We're so thankful for that. God, I pray for moms and dads here this morning that maybe there's fear that's gripping them and it's fear that's driving their parenting. God, I pray that they would surrender that to you. Maybe there's a mom or dad here, God, that or someone that just sees, you know what, they're not a mom and dad, but they're realizing that they have people looking to them to follow Jesus. I, I pray that you would just give them a sense of peace and rest this morning. God, maybe for some of us, we need to just surrender our dreams for our kids. God, we need you. We need your wisdom. You are good. And you promise to give us what we need for life and godliness. Before I close my prayer, if you need prayer this morning, you just need someone to pray over you, I'm going to encourage you, just make your way to the back. We'll have some people there to pray over you. You want to come to the front and pray, you do that. Maybe you need to surrender your heart to Jesus this morning, recognizing that he loved you so much he went to the cross for you. What's the Spirit of God saying to you right now? Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you are the hope and you are the love and you are the peace. Amen.